0: Good to see everyone here. We just, um, I don't want to, I don't want to like move past like what God's doing in the room. Uh, I want it to continue and I want him to continue to dig stuff up and cultivate and we'll get to drink next week. Um, But uh, if you have your Bible, would you open to, let's see here. We're going to be in Genesis 26. I'm not going to read that, but I want you to to have the reference. So Genesis 26. Um, And we will also be in. Try to give you a heads up before we keep going. Uh, Hebrews 4 and Luke 6. So how about that? Hebrews 4 and Luke chapter 6. And we'll be there. And um, over the next few weeks, I'm going to hopefully finish the series. I'm going to try to do one and two today. um, Get as far as we can. I just want to see breakthrough in our lives. And it's really interesting because as I was preparing this, I was... uh, in the background on the TV was a show called Mountain Men. Anyone else watch Mountain Men besides me? I, I'm the only nerd. I watch Mountain Men, I watch a show called Alone where they're like out all by themselves in British Columbia and, and trying to survive the winter, gets like half a million dollars. So I'm like, maybe I should try that, but it's like a hundred and something days sometimes. I'm like, I don't think I could last a week maybe. Um, so I'm watching this show and I'm studying on digging up the well. I'm just reading over my notes and making sure it the way I want it. And, As I'm reading about digging the well, guess what they're doing on mountain? They're digging up a well. I'm like, whoa, this is unbelievable. I'm literally reading it. It pops up there. And what they're doing is clearing the debris from the well that had fallen into it. And that's exactly what I was reading in my notes. And I'm like, man, guys, thank you for the confirmation. Because I was like, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to speak tomorrow. And so just look for those cues where God's like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to talk about. This is what's going on. Um, And it just... Felt oh, really good. So look for confirmation. Um, so uh, it takes all three of these things to grow in the kingdom. Now, sometimes we focus on one of the three, but a lot of times we forget that it takes all three. Okay. We have to cultivate, we have to dig and redig, and we have to drink. And um, my goal is that everyone in here is on fire, fruitful, making a difference, shaking up the world, bringing the kingdom everywhere you go, um, that every part of your life that was dead comes back to life. Come on. That yeah. promises that have been um, passed and maybe you thought they were over and they weren't going to come to pass, you're like, they come back to life, they're revived. Uh, that's what I want to see. And then I want it to be so much that it overflows and, and we become evangelistic and we begin to preach the gospel and see people saved, healed, and delivered everywhere we go. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah? Yes. Like, yeah? You want that to be your testimony. How, would, how cool will it be when the day comes, when you get here on Sunday, that we have to stop you from talking before church because you're telling everyone your testimonies of what God did this week. Oh, and he did this, and, he, and I prayed for this person. And they gave their heart to Jesus, and I prayed for this person in the grocery store, and they could walk, and they couldn't walk. Come on. That's, what it's gonna, that's where we're moving. That's what it's going to be like. I'm prophesying that. It will be Fire Life's testimony. So, it takes these three things for that to be the lifestyle. And so, today I, I really want to focus on cultivate. You now, cultivate, um, it, we have to cultivate a relationship with God. Like, this is not something that goes on autopilot. Are y'all okay? Yeah. <clears throat> like, my relationship with Mandy doesn't go to autopilot. <laughs> if, if I think it's on autopilot, then I'm in trouble. And it's my fault. Like, it takes effort. It takes cultivation. It takes time. It takes thoughtfulness. It takes sacrifice. It takes swallowing your pride. It takes humility. It takes all these things. And and, and that's an earthly relationship that's my most valuable relationship, right? On earth. But my relationship with God is my ultimate most valuable relationship. And so if I... want to cultivate a good relationship with my wife then I have to have a good relationship with God and and a lot of us think that just because we go through the motions and we sing a song or we worship or we read our Bible or we did Christian things that that's cultivating our relationship and that's really not all there is to cultivation those are practices those are expressions of our relationship but the cultivation is the hard part the cultivation is the stuff we do that no one else sees the cultivation is the secret place. Like, do we have a secret place anymore in the church? Come on. Come on. I mean, growing up, they talked about their prayer closet. People had it in their house. I mean, almost every mom or woman in the church, like, their closet was their prayer closet. Literally, that was where they prayed. There were places in my great-grandfather, in his house, he had wood floors, and there were places where you could tell where he'd kneeled to pray, because that's where he prayed. Like you hear these old revival stories, and they wore out the floor where they prayed every day. Like it was their spot. This is where we go to pray and talk to God. And now we're like, do we have that anymore? Do we cultivate that place? And, and we have to. We have to cultivate it. And it is a sacrifice. It takes, it takes boundaries. It takes, hey, daddy's going to pray. That means no one interrupts me. Unless it's your ha- hair's on fire, the house is on fire. Do not interrupt, because I'm going to be with God right now. We don't, we're not good at doing that anymore. Yeah. And the Lord's saying to us, again: you got to cultivate the secret place. Yeah. You've got to cultivate that relationship with God. And the word cultivate means to prepare and work on land with the purpose of raising crops. It's the prep work that I do behind the scenes, the ugly, the hard labor that I do in secret that prepares me for crops to, to birth fruit in my life. It means to till the ground. Have you ever seen tillers? Yeah. Like they just destroy, they, they cut, they lift up, and they turn over the soil. Listen to that. So the soil cannot stay as it is and us be fruitful. It has to constantly be dug, turned over, and over. has to be tilled up. And pulverized. Man, that's not a word we use very often. Pulverized. Tilling is also done with a very specific tool. You don't use any tool to till. It's a hard thing to say. You don't use any tool to till. And repentance is that tool. Like, I can't till up the ground of my heart with good ideas, I can't till up the ground of my heart with worship. Repentance is what digs deep into the soil of my heart. It cuts it. It lifts it and it turns it and turns it and turns it until it's fruitful again. Until it's, it's got nutrients. Pulverized the soil. I remember that word now. Just destroying it. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, verse 12, that the Word of God, would you read it with me? For the Word of God is living and active. And sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's the word of God that cuts deep. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about prayer closet. Let's talk about the Bible for a little while. These are like such basic, simple things. Look, we never move beyond the elementary things of the kingdom. Well, that was so yesterday. Come on. I wish I could do a good British accent, but yeah, you know. Oh, that was so yesterday. The the, reading the Bible and having a prayer closet. No, it's not so yesterday. It is the same. It will never change. It is the foundation of our relationship with God. Revelation is not the foundation. Like learning new stuff and, oh, that's a, that's a quotable word. That's something I'm going to throw up on the Instagram because that's such a good motivational quote. That's not what we build our relationship with God on. Because let's be honest, how many good words do we hear a day? Man, I, I sometimes I'm just like, oh, I can't handle any more great prophetic words and, and great motivational biblical things on Instagram or thing. I'm like, dude, I don't need to hear everyone's opinion of this and that. They're all good. I need what's the Lord saying to me today. Yeah. That's what I build my foundation Come upon. On. What's God saying to me? Debate. What word is he saying that's cutting me deep right now? What word is pulverizing the soil of my heart and tilling it and turning it over so that it's not dormant, so that it's not old, so it doesn't lose its nutrients, but it freshens it. Come on. That's the word of God. And we have to live by the word of God. We can't abandon our Bibles. Amen. No. Come on. <laughs> Look, Let me just say this. I love preachers. And I'm not talking bad about me being a preacher or other preachers let me just say this preachers are saying what they think god is saying to the body it's not always just the gospel you have to hear for yourself yeah i've been in a lot of services where the sermon was great i was like yeah that's a good word it's biblical he did a great job she did a great job speaking it but it's just not for me right this moment so I have to go to a place where God speaks to me right now. Yeah. That's the prayer closet, and that's with my Bible. That's me reading the Word. I, I, I've said this before, but I love it when I come home from work and the, the boys are doing their homeschool, their Bible lesson. And I love them taking turns reading through the Bible. And they're reading Genesis. And I love when I walk in and I hear the stories, and, and I'm like, that is so cool that that's what they're learning. That's what they're doing right now. Um, Mandy showed me, Matthias, we just... Gave him my old iPhone finally. He just got to the age. I'm like, we've been holding it for him. I had dropped it and cracked it. We're like, we're going to re- repair it, and we'll give it to him when he gets a little bit older. So we gave him his iPhone. And what's the coolest thing? You know, when kids get their phone, teenagers get th- they want to put their backdrops and their pictures. Like, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. Whatever's on there, like, represents you. So, like, on my phone, it's it's my, my kids and my wife. Like, those are the two things, my home screen and my block screen, right? So Mandy brings me Matthias's iPhone and shows it to me. I wish I had it. Um, I, it's a Bible verse that Mandy had on her phone forever And it talks about opening the heart My, I will open up my heart to the Lord in praise And something, something I was like, oh, that is so awesome, right? That, that happens because Mandy Tills the ground of my boys' oh. hearts With the word of God in that time And they love the word They love to hear the stories And, and there's just been some great conversations lately, even with my older one, that I, I they're so awesome that I dare not speak them out loud. <laughs> I am like, oh, just a whisper, you know, but God's doing something because the heart is being tilled up. It's being yeah. fertilized with the word of God and you cannot abandon the word of God. Look, I don't care if it's, if it's hard for you to read, read the word. Get James Earl Jones to read it to you. Come on. (laughs) That's like God's voice anyway. Come on. James Earl Jones will read the Bible to you on your app. You don't even have to read it yourself. Just put the Bible on. When you go to sleep at night, put the Bible on and just set it for 15 minutes. And just let him sing and talk to you as you sleep. But we can't leave these elementary things because they cultivate our heart. If there's a lack of fruitfulness, it's not because we need another prophetic word necessarily. It's not because we need another revelation or another good sermon or, or a good church service. It's most likely because we haven't cultivated the soil of our heart. And that's no one else's job. Come on. Woo. Yeah. Feels good to say. <laughs> Luke 6, verse 45 says this A good person, man or woman, Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. Come on. But an evil man, out of the evil that's treasured, out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So those things that we treasure and those things that we put in our heart becomes the fruit that we eat in our life. and becomes the life or death that we see all around us. And God wants us to begin to cultivate that relationship again. Three things that I thought of. We need to cultivate awe and wonder. I want to be like a little kid that just gets surprised. Don't you love the little kid surprise faces? I want to be like that every time I hear something God did. I want to be surprised. Not like, oh, I can't believe that happened, but, oh, I can't believe he did that, you know? Like, awesome. Awesome awe and wonder like God is amazing he can do anything right like I've heard that testimony Rodney shared a testimony this morning I heard it a while back on a Wednesday night or something and he shared it again today and how he just God told him to say to them that to a couple that they were counseling hey uh we bless everything you put your hands to and Rodney's like I just prayed it I didn't know there was anything to it but not knowing, a, a week or so later, they came to church and that couple was, was going to have a divorce. The, the wife had divorce papers in her hand and was going to serve it to the husband. And because he prayed that God would bless everything that's in your hands, God restored and healed their marriage. I think stuff like that is awesome to me. I was like, oh, I love that stuff. The nuance. The little things that you have to look for. And so to, to cultivate awe and wonder you have to look for it. You have oh. to look for things to be surprised yeah. about. You have to look yeah. for things that make your heart leap. Oh. Train our eyes to see, right? Celebrate the good things He does. Yeah. Discipline the eye of our heart to seek His activity. And then when we see whatever God's doing, we're like, how can I be part of this? Yeah. Like, look, let me just say this to everyone in the church God's doing something awesome. You should be saying, how can I be part of this? Oh. What can I do? How can I jump in? Can I contribute? Can I be part? Yeah, come on. That's how God wants us to live. Like, man, God, you're so awesome. You're doing great things. I look at all the good things you're doing. Yeah. I see your activity. And can I be part of that? Yeah. Like David was like, I don't care. I just want to be a doorkeeper. I'll open the door yeah. at the temple. I don't care, right? Y'all yeah. <sighs> good? Amen. Yeah. All right, we'll go to the next point. Dig and redig. dig We have to dig and redig dig wells. Yeah. And this is probably more what we're gonna this is the focus that's gonna be tonight. There's gonna be a really strong prophetic movement that happens here tonight, and there's going to be a redemptive. <laughs> like there are things that are available to you right now that God is going to make you aware of and you're going to take hold of it. Even things that were made available to your parents and your grandparents and your great grandparents. Yeah. Like promises, inheritances. Things that, not that they abandoned or left, but that has the, the, the baton wasn't passed on. Yeah. God's going to do that tonight. And so we have to dig and redig wells. In Genesis 26, there's this story of Isaac. Now, when Abraham died, the Philistines were the enemy of the land. They were the number one enemy. And, and man, if they would have just done what God told them to do all through history, none of these enemies would have survived and lived, Right. But the Philistines were an enemy to to Israel, to the family of Abraham. And so Abraham dies, and guess what the Philistines do? They go and find all of Abraham's wells, and they put dead bodies in them, they put rocks in them, they put logs and wood, and they completely cover them up because they're saying, no one else will live in this land and prosper from these springs. So they would cover these wells up, and they would just shove anything they could find, anything around. They would just push it off into this well. And so now Isaac is moving from territory to territory as God leads him. And he comes to a place, and he digs a new well. And he digs the well, and it comes under dispute. And the people that live there are going, hey, you don't have a right to dig that well. This is our land. We have the deed to this land. You can't dig this well. So he's like, okay, I'll abandon that one. He goes and digs another one. They dispute that one. So then guess what he does? In in Genesis 26, 18, he goes back to Beersheba, which is where Abraham named the place where he had the well, and he dug and redug his father's well. He went back to where his father Abraham had, had lived, and he dug all the debris out of this well. Come on, how long do you think that would take? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know how these people in the Bible in old ancient times lived. Like, these people were unbelievable. How did they dig the well in the first place? How did they discover there's a water table under the earth when they have no yeah. digging equipment? These people were awesome, uh, strong men and women. And so Isaac and his family, they begin to take the debris out. And they begin to take all the rocks and the stone and they re-dig his father's well, and it becomes a place of life for Isaac and his family. And God wants us to go back to find things that are in our family's lineage and to redig some wells. God will not release new wells to us when we have abandoned old wells. I want something new. I want something to shift. I, I, I want a new thing. Look, Go back and rediscover old wells Redig them And then he will give you permission to dig new wells For your future posterity Come on He will also not release to us new wells When we have an inheritance of an old well That's been dormant or covered up And I believe this is a very strong True word I believe this with all my heart That everyone here, someone in your family Somebody dug a well That needs to be re-dug
1: Come on
0: And maybe the hardships that you faced, maybe the persecution, and and I've had some of these feelings lately. It's like, man, you get a little bit of breakthrough, and then then there's this thing slapping you right in the face like, oh, it's never going to fully break through. Maybe there's an old well that I need to rediscover. Maybe there's something in my past, like these new wells are going to be mine, but not until I discover the old wells and take care of them first. Amen? God wants us to rediscover the things that our fathers and our forefathers thought were valuable. We're we're not owners of of this relationship. We're not owners of the gospel. We are stewards. Are you okay? Yeah. God wants us to discover what those before us knew and what they left for us. What did they figure out that we haven't figured out yet? I love watching, uh, there's a show, a guy named Jeremy Wade. And he's a fisherman. And he does river monsters, and he has a new show, Deep Waters, and things like that. And his goal is to go to these rivers of the world that aren't fish and, and sometimes not very populated. And he's trying to find these giant monsters and see if they still live and still exist, right? And guess where he goes every single time when he's trying to find a specific kind of fish? He goes down to the fish market, and he talks to the oldest people that are there. Every single time. He's trying to discover something and see if it's still there. So he goes to the fishermen, the people that would know, and then he finds the oldest fisherman and says, tell me your story. What do you know that I don't know? And he makes notes in his book and it becomes part of his story. I think there's such wisdom in that, that we need to, if possible, have conversations with some older people in our life and say, what do you know that I don't know? I think I'm so smarty pants, right? Like God has showed me so much. What do you know that I don't know, that I need to know? Find the ancient path. Would you say it with me? Find the ancient path. I don't want old ways. Old ways are dead, but ancient ways are eternal. There are eternal truths that are ancient They've been true from the beginning They will be true forever One, as simple as one God made man and woman And he said It was very good And he says you too Man, woman only Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth That is an ancient truth That will never change No matter what society, no matter How far we've evolved past the old Way of doing, it doesn't matter It's true. It's not an old way. Now, there are some old things that we did that don't work now because they worked in the time that they were in. I don't want old things. I don't want to bring back old things and try to polish them up and make them. I want ancient truths, ancient things. I want to find the ancient path, and I want to stay on it. I don't want to veer to the right or to the left. I want to get on the ancient path. There's an inheritance found there. Our inheritance is found in the ancient things. The ancient truths. See, the kingdom, everything we get in the kingdom comes through inheritance. It doesn't even come through works and deeds. It comes through inheritance, through me being in a right relationship with a good father. And only from that place do I inherit anything from him. I have told you this, but I remember a couple of years back where God was I was having this time with God and he was saying, Jared, even if I place my hand in front of you and say, here's everything that I've ever promised you, here it is. You don't have the right to take it from my hand. I'm like, move. No. Why are you sticking your hand out there? <laughs> He's like, I release it to you through inheritance. You can't grab it and say, Oh, it's now. I don't know the times or the seasons, but God will release it to us when we're on the ancient path in the right time. There's a prayer, uh, a Jewish prayer. You wanna be blessed? Go back and and study some of the old Jewish texts. Like, unbelievable, especially when they talk about the Torah, the, the first five books of the Bible when they talk about the law and all that, there is wisdom in there that like we don't understand as Christians yet because we focus on the second half of the book, right? <laughs> but there's a prayer that they pray. And they say that, and would you say it with me? Blessed are you, God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now, how many times have we said that, but we say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? How many have said it that way? It's shorter, right? And so they're like, why are the words the God of repeated three times? It would have been so much faster to just say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And one of these scholars says this is why. It was not enough for Isaac to unquestioningly, what a hard word, accept his father's concept of God as his own. He had to contemplate and come to terms uh, with God as his God.
1: His God. Come on. Come
0: on. it's not my parents God no. he's on. my God Yeah. and yes my parents knew him in a special unique way and I want what they have I, I, I am jealous for the things that they've seen and experienced and I want those things because I want to pass it on to my kids and I want God to be Josiah's God yeah. and Matthias's God and Levi's God and my, all my grandkids are going to give me their God. But I want it to be the God of them. I want to know him for myself. The only way for that to happen is to dig and redig old wells. I need to discover what was important to them. So from the story of Isaac digging the wells, we learn that metaphorically speaking, human beings have three options. All right. Number one, redig the wells of our forefathers. I'll leave this one up here for a little bit if you want to Redig the wells of their forefathers. We need to do that. I've talked a lot about that. But then we also need to dig our own wells. We need to discover God our way. It doesn't change the ancient things. There's just a different expression of God that fits my personality and what He's called me and equipped me to do. I need to know that because the revelation that my dad got, my dad and I are a lot alike. And I'll have to show you the picture. Did you, did you do the Facebook app, anyone, where you became an old person right in front of your eyes? I swear I look just like my dad when I'm old in that app. I'm like, dear Lord, please help me not look just like, it is shocking. I'll have to post it and put it. it I was like, are you kidding me? No way, I am not gonna look like that. I'm like, I see Pawpaw, but then, oh, it's my dad. It's my dad, it's my dad. <sighs> there th- we're a lot alike. I'm probably gonna look just like it when I get old, right? Um, there are things about him that we're so much alike, but we're so different. And if God talked to me and dealt with me exactly the same way He talked with and dealt with my dad, I probably wouldn't serve God. Come on, because I'm a little more sensitive. <laughs> I have a little more feminine qualities to me than my dad does. Like I, Nothing wrong with that. I'm just a crier more. I'm more emotional. I'm in touch with my emotions. I'm not saying my dad's not, but man, I just, I cried at the drop of a hat. It's yeah. ridiculous. Man, will look over at me. We're watching a show. Are you crying? <laughs> yes. Shut up. Again. <laughs> yeah. And then she's the same way, though. So yeah. I'm like, are you, are you crying about this? This is stupid. What are you crying about? But God has to deal with me and talk to me my way. Come on. That's my well. And I need to dig that well. So redig the wells of the fathers. redig dig our own wells. And then I love this last part. This is so important. We also must redig the wells of our forefathers in such a way as to make them our own. There are things that our forefathers did in pursuit of God that were so valuable, we don't need to abandon them. And we've talked a lot about this with the 38 push that we're going to be doing in September. Like, oh, it doesn't take all that anymore. It doesn't take all that meeting and going to church and prayer meetings and all that. Actually, it, it does. Every generation has done it. The, 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 the first-generation church built their whole understanding of pursuing God and being a disciple around eating together, reading the Word, and devoting themselves to whatever the apostles taught them. That's what they did. They met daily, not yeah. once a week. And that has not changed. Why do you think, um, let's just look at America specifically. Why did? Why has God blessed America to this point? Because the people that came over here were looking for freedom of worship, freedom of expression. That was one of the main reasons they came here. They wanted the freedom to worship God. They did that. The pilgrims sat in their homes and they studied the word. They didn't have TV. They didn't have any other entertainment. They didn't have sports. They didn't have all this stuff going on. They're like, this is the most important thing. We have not moved so far to a place where those things aren't important. Come on. Old ways worked then, but ancient things go for every generation they apply. And so God wants us to not only redig our father's well and dig our own, but to find out why it was important to them. You know, growing up, I, I was a little bit kind of a, a rebel, and so like when church things, I would try to. Like, well, let's do it a different way, or it doesn't need to be like that. Um, that's old school. That's, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And a lot of times, I never realized why it was important to my dad. I didn't even know why. I didn't even ask. What arrogance is that? To go to someone that's been around way longer than us, who's way wiser than we are, and to say, oh, what you're doing is dumb. It doesn't work. Let's do it a different way. And never sit down and say, why do you do it that way? Yeah. Why is it important for you to do this thing yeah. this way? And what we have done, gosh, we've done, I don't know why we do this. If everything in the kingdom is given through inheritance, then why do we start and stop every generation? Like, Revival will start in a generation and then it will stop and then the next generation has to go back and redig all the stuff and get revival and then they don't pass it on and then it's just constant. It's a constant cycle of it's never passed on and I think a huge part of that is this last thing. We don't find out why it was important to them because when we find out the why, it will help us find the ancient path, the eternal truth, <clears throat> maybe not the way that it was expressed. Maybe that was different, maybe that was for their time only, but their, their reasoning is an ancient truth that we need to rediscover, and make it our own, and value it the same way they do. And then when we sit down and have conversations with them, we're talking the same language, even though we do things differently. Are you with me still? I I'm know how longer like we, we have something in common. That's it for today. Next week, Lord willing, we will talk about dig or drink, dig drink, drink. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. I hope. <laughs> hope so. We'll see. Did this hit a chord with you? Yes. Just ask that. Okay. Yes. This is this is hit a chord with me. Um, Come on. It's better God's way. Yeah. I want to cultivate better. and dig and redig the wells. Would you stand? We're going to pray into this. Thank you. And tonight, we'll do some activities around this dig part and this cultivate part. But for now, we just want to kind of start the conversation with God. And so the way I'd like to close it out, we'll hand it off to Hank and Ashley to close it. But for my part, I, I would like for us to just start and say, God, I acknowledge that I need to cultivate my relationship with you. Come on. And then Come we'll on. go to the dig. But let's do that one first. Can we pray a prayer? Um, you pray the words that you want to pray. I'll pray in the mic just because everyone gets nervous when it's so quiet, right? Um, maybe not. Maybe Actually, I'm not. That's all great about cultivating. Wow. Wow. church, we will cultivate our relationship with you. We will make ourselves available for your word to cut and to penetrate and to pulverize the soil of our hearts. All for the purpose of being fruitful, God. We want to see crops grow. We want to see fruitfulness in our lives. We want our relationship with you to produce fruit. Mm. And we're say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> And now for the dig part. We're going to dig some wells and redig some wells. So let's pray. Same thing. Pray yourselves. Um, let's dig those wells, our fathers and our own wells. We will rediscover what our forefathers knew and we will find out why it's valuable and we will make it like our own as we dig new wells for ourselves and for our families. Come on. I want to give you this point real quick and we'll close. The reason the Philistines would plug up the old, the the wells, they wanted to ruin the well for future use, but they also wanted to remove, listen to this, they wanted to remove the evidence of the life that flowed due to the well so that future generations will find it difficult to know and understand how God sustains someone in such a harsh environment. God, so good. Yeah, so good. The enemy wants to remove the old wells so that yeah. when a new generation rises up, they say, how can anyone survive in this environment? Yeah. That's the hopelessness that comes when the wells are buried. Yeah. But when we go back and redig these wells... And young people begin to see, no, God can sustain us in any environment. And he will cause this desert to become fruitful in an oasis. Then it will cause this inheritance to create momentum that we pass to the generation to the generation. And it, it starts with the wells. And so, Father, we just say yes to that. We ask that you would seal that. that, that because of our digging. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because of the wells that we redig and dig, God, that future generations will see your faithfulness and know that you can sustain and cause people to prosper in any environment, God. Even a postmodern, non Christian environment. Amen. Amen. Thank you,
1: sir. That so good. Um, yeah, what the, the popped out to me was the. Uh, discipline the eyes of your heart to seek his activity and partner with him that's hard work <laughs> that's, I don't know. you hear to discipline yourself like, oh man you know I think our, our desire we all want to go deep with the Lord and go pursue the Lord and run after him and you're like Lord I want to go I want to go deep with you and he just hands you a shovel like, come okay, on here we go but you start um uh I don't, the picture I'm getting in my mind is is uh, us on a sailboat, mm-hmm. or you individually on a sailboat, and, um, and just imagine, I don't know, the, the joy of getting something in the mail. I don't know, you guys mm-hmm. order something from Amazon or whatever, and you're like, ah, I got this thing, I have new shoes, or whatever it is, and you, you want to test it out right away, and I feel like what the Lord is doing within us is he just is giving you a new sail for on, on your sailboat, mm-hmm. this fresh, new, vibrant-colored sail, and all of a sudden, you, you hoist it up, I, I've never sailed before, but there's just something fascinating about it. But uh, uh, that you're you're at the uh, uh, mercy of the wind, mm. and, uh, and you hoist the sail up. All of a sudden, your sail is just fill up with with wind. All of a sudden, you're hitting the water, and you just you're cruising as, as fast as that sailboat can go. And you just feel your hands go through the water. And what I want to release to you guys is joy to dig deep, joy and excitement in the adventure, to release the adventure. To go after this, to take that shovel. I just went. I, I'm a, went to the beach and I, I sandcastle. I love to try to sandcastle. Let's or, or try to sandcastle. Not good at it, but I have. I, I bring a shovel. I bring a full blown shovel to the to start digging and start building a sandcastle. And it's hard work. It's hard work. Even the my, my little baby girl Ruby, they'll destroy it. The waves come and they destroy it. But like I want to do it again. I just started. I want to do it again and again and again. I want to keep going. I'm to redig the wells. Yeah but there's a joy that the Lord wants to provide for you. There's an excitement. There's an adventure. You just got to start. You just got to start. And so I'm going to just pray for you guys real quick. And as I pray, the altar team ministry, if I want to come up. Um, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you just reinvigorate, Lord, the pursuit, the desire to go deep, Lord, just to stick that shovel into the ground. And then do it again and again and again. I pray, Lord, for the lifestyle of digging, the lifestyle of cultivation, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just give us that, that exhilaration, Lord, of the, seeing the wind, Lord, hit our sails, Lord. Give us courage to put up our sails, Lord, to receive what you have for us. I pray, Lord, even this week, Lord, there would just be a, just a new passion to just start going after you, to go the, the deep things of God and we just start digging one shovel at a time one, one, one time of listening at a time one time of reading at a time one time of just, of just sticking out our necks and just trusting you yes. with a life that is, is, is full of cultivation and we would look back at our uh, harvest Lord and, and see the life that's come forth uh, as we partner with you Lord as we partner yes, with you you're yes. with us in this you don't leave us alone That's right. give us joy Give us joy to pursue. Jesus' name. Uh, if you guys want to come up for prayer.